the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing more. Thanks for listening to the show. Never be shy. 800 516 1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We'll talk markets today. We'll talk commodities. We'll talk investments, insurance, retirement, whatever you really kind of comes to, to the front. Um, obviously, one of the big stories today is going to be the stock market and interest rates. And have we hit a paradigm shift? Uh, I'm not going to call it a paradigm shift because that's a little bit too much, but um yeah, it kind of feels like the markets are starting to say these higher interest rates are going to slow down the economy. It was kind of corkscrewed. It was kind of tightly wound. Um, it's a story that you know keeps on coming back to, uh, we knew this was going to happen. We knew this was going to happen. Oh, this happened. So higher interest rates should change how money is sent around. And uh, we also have another hurricane to talk about. This time in the Florida Panhandle. Seems after the Carolina one, it's tough to get excited, right? Uh, Hurricane Michael set to hit the Florida Panhandle today. Oil traders are very watchful. If you know anything about that whole Louisiana and Alabama, uh, northern Florida area, it's big into the oil business and the refinery business. Producer price index report for September increased two-tenths of a percent as expected. The S&P 500 information technology sector continues to stink right now. Names like Apple and Microsoft are pulling off. The tech stocks as a group have struggled down about 4.3% for the month. And the month isn't that deep, is it? Treasury yields pushed back towards multi-year highs. So those are the top stories of the day. Um, there's a good a bit of good a bit of good headline news as well. Um, it stirred up the stock market, you know, a little bit. Michael's path through the Gulf of Mexico has taken roughly 40% of Gulf oil production offline. So that's good news if you're an oil investor, right? Growth concerns have picked up with tariff actions. It looks like China and the United States might do a trade war when, you know, for the better part of the six months, we're like, oh, it won't be a trade war. It won't be a trade war. It won't be a trade war. But they're both kind of digging in now. The IMF's reduction to its global growth forecast for this year and next um, wasn't rosy yesterday. You get a smattering in companies that are going to start talking about the adverse impacts of global growth, the adverse impact of increases in costs and currency pressures and slowing demand. PPG Industries, they do a lot of um, um, chemicals. They were checked into the uh, boxes of warnings. Warning, well, dangerous. Warning, well, Robinson. 
Um, so there's going to be a little bit of a warning going on there. Small cap company, Transale, uh, they too said, we're warning. So you want to hear companies go through earnings and go, well, it was a good quarter. We had some ups and downs, and ultimately we, we hit our revenue and we hit our earnings, and next quarter looks good. Does it look great? No, it looks good. Does it look awful? No, it looks good. And when companies start warning, which is what they're legally supposed to do, you can kind of see that there's some some reality in a slowing market, slowing economy. Producer prices climbed in September, and producer prices are inflationary without a contribution from prices for final demand energy, which fell eight-tenths of a percent. This kind of inflationary report suggests the Fed is likely to deviate from another rate hike at its December FOMC meeting. And that may not sit well with President Trump, who reiterated that he'd prefer the Fed not raise interest rates. But if there's inflation, the Fed's going to raise interest rates in theory. But when will the Fed get neutral? When will we get a neutral rate uh, maybe in the next year? Is that the thought? Implying that, you know, we don't know if the scope is higher or lower. But right now, with growth and inflation kind of showing themselves, the Fed is likely to raise interest rates. But again, uh, I, a lot of us in this industry believe that the Federal Reserve causes recessions by raising interest rates too fast. Uh, but again, they're supposed to fight inflation and get you know, you know, as good of job growth as they can. So, three, two, four on the ten-year Treasury. That's out there. So there's kind of um, the restraint of the higher interest rates is probably stopping some buyers from pulling off a, a bounce back in the stock market. So the move in rates and the continued skittishness in the U.S. stock market has overshadowed reports that indicate a Brexit deal could be close between the U.K. and Europe, European Union. I don't want to say, why do I care? But it's really tough to get into to Brexit. They probably say the same thing about a lot of what we go through. Department of Justice is expected to approve the CVS deal for Aetna soon, as retailers are buying healthcare companies, and healthcare companies are buying drug distributors. Only a matter of time before they start buying the drug companies. Being a little bit uh, sarcastic, but you get the idea. Uh, tech companies really are taking it hard today. Snap's down 22 cents at 670. Uh, Facebook down 250 to 155. 155 to 160 looks interesting, but again, all stocks are being sold off right now in tech. Apple down three. Domino's Pizza stock we talk about often down four bucks today, down 1.4%. So a lot of names are coming, a lot of uh, momentum names are being targeted. Alibaba's down to 140. Holy mackerel. Is not a good year to be a Chinese stock. Um, 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Tesla has a big frothy problem coming down next year. And I kind of want to talk about it because it's worthy of note. Basically, 120, 150 days from now, a lot of their debt starts coming due. They borrowed money and they have to repay it. Um, it's not considered a ton of time. 120 days to deal with your debt, especially when you want your stock price higher so you can sell more stock to cover more debt. So the question right now is whether Musk can use 130, 140, 150 days to appease the Securities and Exchange Commission with changing Tesla's board 
including removing him as chairman and then start producing electric cars fast enough to generate the cash that's going to be needed to either start paying back the debts outright or convince creditors to roll them over. Um, going to be very interesting. <laughs> There's some imminent danger for Tesla that they're going to need to raise money and or hurt shareholders and or be turned down and or become cash flow positive so they can start servicing that debt. Uh, interesting 150 days. Time is ticking, so to speak. Interesting 150 days. Um, IKEA posed a profit. Uh, they're doing well with online stores as well as their own stores. Um, I'm not an IKEA guy. I can't really talk much about it. I can't say that furniture that's affordable is an appeal to me as an investment. But 31% growth in online sales, Wall Street notices. Global sales grew about 4.5%. Uh, but this is a company that opens stores in India and Latvia and Colombia and Peru and Luxembourg and like Chile. So if you want an international play... Maybe. I honestly don't know enough about it. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Stocks are failing in their comeback bid today. You got a little bit of market malaise going on. You got a little bit of negative trending. Tech stocks were looking to rebound, but all three major indices started off in the red. The series has reportedly hired advisors for a potential bankruptcy filing. Can't say that I feel bad losing out on Sears. Um, it's just one of those retailers that it's like a lot of mall retailers, when you went into them in the last 10, 15 years, were empty empty of employees and empty of people shopping but there was a ton of inventory you're like someone will eventually buy this pink and green striped shirt and they never did so the nasdaq ended uh losing streak recently but the s&p 500 has been falling and uh pretty consistently uh four days in a row it's are we reversing course? Even though the NASDAQ outperformed Tuesday, it still badly lagged the S&P 500 and Dow this month. Um, it's off to its worst start in October since 2008. So the one exception, uh, it tends to bounce back, but the one exception, 1998, when the NASDAQ dropped 17% during the first six days of October, only to slide an additional 1.1%. So you kind of forget negative days, don't you? And what would you do if you were having too many negative days, well, you'd probably go home and crack open a beer. Beer is boring as an investment. That's the parochial view beer. from Wall Street. Anheuser-Busch InBev, ticker symbol I-N-B-E-V, or nicknamed InBev. Uh, through the years, they've consolidated the beer industry worldwide. So, Anheuser-Busch down 22% year-to-date, even though the market is up double digits. Ticker symbol, timber, ticker symbol bud, which kind of always makes me laugh when I look at uh, Anheuser-Busch and Bev, because it's just one of those ticker symbols that, well, that's, that, that about sums it all up, bud, wise-er. 
think of all the ad campaigns that have come out of the beer companies that are so memorable. And uh, what's interesting to note about that is a lot of these commercial ad campaigns I'm talking about were when I was underage, right? Beer volumes in North America, with the exception of crafted premium beers, have generally been flat down for years. So why are we talking about Anheuser-Busch InBev? Because you're looking for a value right now. Um, it has a little bit of a North American issue where uh, volumes are down, but it also has an emerging market business. And also has dividends. Emerging markets are unloved and have underperformed all year. Anheuser-Busch InBev got about 66% of its volume from emerging markets. Two-thirds of their business is from overseas. And that was up 72% year over year. That's pretty impressive. Talking about needing emerging markets, a more widely worldly view of the mega brewer presents a full picture of the long-term growth outside the United States. So, Again, would I buy it based on the U.S.? No. Would I buy it not based on uh, international markets? Yes. When our economy does well, China does well, or India does well, oftentimes I go, you know, in some of the poorer parts of the world, having a job equals smoking cigarettes, having a Coca-Cola, things along those lines. Um, and I know you're going, that's crazy. But if you look at the beer volume mix between developed markets and emerging markets, uh, in developed markets, it's just not Heineken's aren't selling well. Anheuser Beverage is three times bigger and much more efficient than Heineken, which is the next big guy who doesn't have that scale. But boring beer like Budweiser and Stella Artois and Corona um, all have you know billion plus dollars of sales globally. But they're kind of boring, right? Uh, every bar supplies them for a reason. Now, a lot of people look um, at some of the names here and go Heineken or Budweiser, but they're getting kind of caught up in this international slowdown. And again, we tend to drink beer in good economies and bad economies. We tend to cheap drink cheap beer in good economies and bad economies. But beer is on the slide in the U.S. for more craft beers versus uh, watered-down beers. But you have to, when you're looking at big companies like an Anheuser-Busch, InBev, Tiger Symbol, Bud, you have to look at their debt issues and compare them to the other companies with debt issues. But then you look at their sale, scale. If one of them does you know, $40 billion in sales and one of them does $15 billion, you can see one of them is going to be able to use their margins better than the other. So you're comparing... Heineken with InBev with you know maybe Constellation brands you're looking at you know liquor and wine so you're looking at different names but you have to look at their debt you have to look at their PE you have to look at their dividend you have to look at their cash flow look at their sizes you know of, of sales and then you look at if you get the annual report which I highly recommend people do and read it you'll see like this is a play on emerging markets it's not really a play on North America. And if you want some emerging markets in your portfolio, maybe this is your idea, if that makes any sense at all. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. A little market malaise going on for sure. Uh, a Sears slumping McDonald's is rising. Sears, it's probably time to get the vampire stake out and just put it through their heart, right? 
Um, it feels that way. Fastenal is a company that had pretty much so better than expected profits uh, and better than expected revenues, but the profits were better than expected because the margins were better than expected. And from the big company who does revenue, it points straight down. Freight costs were partially to blame, as well as the impact of tariffs on Chinese-made goods. Companies said conditions remain broadly inflationary. So you can have a good quarter, but you could also say at the same time, things are struggling. So Hurricane Michael near Florida, storm stocks like Beacon Roofing, ticker symbol BECN, Generac Holdings, G-E-N-R-C, does generators, Briggs and Stratton, they may react. Home Depot and Lowe's are kind of too big to react to one hurricane, but they're also kind of a reminder why they're such long-term investments. We've had three good ones this year, um, or this is our third really good one as far as size goes. It looks like I have to get impressed, right? Uh, the more damage, the more I'm impressed. International paper is up today. They announced a $2 billion share repurchase. McDonald's is higher after Guggenheim upgraded it to a buy. Big fast food wars going on right now. I just saw Mc, uh, Burger King's introducing 10 nuggets for $1. How can they do that? I know you're probably going to get a soda, and that's where they make their money. But if they're just selling 10 nuggets for a dollar, that's telling you there's some really delicious chicken in that that, that nugget. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Google unveiled a slew of new hardware products yesterday, including the latest smartphone, the Pixel 3. Now, I don't know. Don't you feel they're a little too late to the party? Or they're always going to be the low-cost alternative to Apple or something like that? And again, things can change. Sony was once a dominant tech company in the 1990s. Everyone had Sony Walkman. No one has one now. Despite numerous leaks in the weeks and months leading up to the announcement, Google still managed to pull out a couple surprises. In addition to the new Pixel 3 phones, you saw some Chrome OS-powered tablets, uh, Pixel Slate, a new Google Home with a screen called the Home Hub, which is something I want to talk about. The Home Hub, it's a screen, right? Um, and you can play music videos, you can shop on it. There's stuff you can do, right? Apple's Google has sold millions of voice-enabled speakers. Great googly moogly. And the Home Hub smart screen. Do you feel like, I don't know, I don't have one. Don't have one, I don't have the Amazon one, I don't have one. Google is the first company to roll out the screen-enabled home device. Amazon released its Echo Show in July. Lenovo got really good reviews for its smart display. Facebook introduced the portal on Monday. So as we move from voice-enabled speakers to voice-enabled screens, how do we convince ourselves that you know Google's the player or Amazon's the player or Apple's the player that we want to stick with? I bought a Bluetooth speaker, outdoor speaker from Vizio a couple of years ago, and then I'm like, eh. I don't really like going to the special Vizio app just to open it kind of thing. Consumers have stuck to voice-only devices so far, so the screen is is it going to be worth paying for. It's going to be a big question, and, and how much do you feel like you're a little stretched? I feel like I don't need the latest tech upgrade like I used to. I used to have to have it. 
Now, Google, for their part, and Facebook, for their part, have had some recent security issues. So the idea of putting a screen in my home scares me. Um, in case I'm walking around, how shall we say, oh, natural, I don't want it hacked. And you know it's only a matter of time, right? Consumers have stuck to, again, voice-only devices, even though we heard things like, is it listening to us or not? Was there, a mur- there was a murder, and the police are going to ask Amazon if they have any of the audio. <laughs> I guess when you're getting murdered, you forget to say, hey, Alexa, call the police. Um, admittedly, it's harder and harder and harder today to, to, to say Google and Facebook are safe. So Google shows off a few use cases for that screen-based assistant. Home Hub owners can get hands-free recipe advice. Woo! Um, just in case you lose your hands in an industrial accident. Oh no, no! I guess you're cooking with your hands and you're preparing ingredients, and you don't have the you don't want to touch your cookbook and get it all gross and nasty. You don't want to touch your screen and smear it up. So you can get hands-free recipe advice. Now, are you going to pay four hundred dollars so you can get hands-free recipe advice? Huh. You can sync the device up with your Nest video doorbell to see who's at the door while they're preparing dinner. Huh. Okay. So you're preparing dinner and someone's at the front. Instead of pulling out your phone, you can pull out your... Is that going to be enough to make it sales? Hardware sales are a small piece of Google's uh, business model. But like Amazon, they see value in obtaining physical footholds in people's homes. Um, once you get in, it's tough to get out. You know, I bought Sonos speakers 10 years ago and I still am buying them because that idea of they're still working, they're awesome product. And I don't want to go invest in someone else's new wireless technology. So Gartner analyst Werner Gutz told Barron's via email, they were surprised Google's first focused on recipes assistance when the, doing the home hub demo, given that Amazon's offered that capability for over a year. So it seems like a weird thing, according to the analysts. And it's just a physical reminder, according to him, that Google is late to the market and they're following almost literally. Um, I don't know. The home hub, not for me yet. For voice to really take off, consumers are going to need screen-based devices at affordable prices. And we're going to have to feel comfortable that the technology is not going to flip on us. It's a step in the right direction. Do I like it? Do I like the... I don't know if you ever saw Buck Rogers in the 21st Century, the TV show back in the 1980s, starring the ever-so-girdle-wearing Gil Gerard. Um, wow. It's embarrassing when a man wears a girdle. It's embarrassing when a man wears a girdle, and he's supposed to be a, a hero. Um, by the way, Queen's song of Flash Gordon, way better than anything Buck Rogers did. Because Buck Rogers had kind of like a ballad far beyond the world. Da, 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 da. Um, anyhow, and anyway, I'm digressing. But it was cool in the Buck Rogers era when Buck would walk into his, his apartment. He was a, a 1980s pilot who got lost in space and somehow comes back in the future. Uh, not dead. And he's like, whoa, you can see people on your phone. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. We're kind of getting in there with the hub. But anyway, Google comes out with hardware. And again, I think we're done being excited with hardware reveals, even even maybe by Apple, even though they're still trying to push this on us as aggressively as they can. Uh, one of the cool things for Gmail that came out in that big update yesterday was Smart Compose, which helps people get their ideas out quicker. 
Um, Google's upcoming duplex technology unveiled in May, and it can call businesses on your behalf to make appointments. So they're really pushing machine learning. Now, again, do I really need a machine to call? Okay, I need a haircut. It's on 1322, right? Do I really need my, 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 my bot to do that for me? Or can I do it on my own? I will say I did call to get a car appointment this week after I forgot last week. So maybe I do need a bot. Oh, no, robots going to take over my life. We used to be afraid of China taking over the United States and Japan taking over the United States. Now, to be honest with you, we're worried about robots, right? But we're back to China. At one point in time, Japan was going to buy all the buildings in the United States. They bought the Seattle Mariners, and people freaked out. Uh, then we've seen the Chinese you know, buy a lot of real estate on the coastal markets in the last 10 years, a lot of real estate. And then we see the robots taking our jobs and calling for hair appointments and car appointments for us. Um, now we're in a situation where China's back in, the one who's going to control America. Kind of that whole Netflix special, Man in the Castle. Not Netflix, excuse me, Amazon. The Amazon Prime, Man in the Castle by Philip K. Dick, where what happened if Germany won the World War? You know, uh, the West Coast would be dominated by Japan and the East Coast by New York. Don't want to spoil it for you. Spoiler alert. Um, but China's hitting out at President Trump today, accusing him of bullying over his aggressive tactics in the trade conflict between the two nations. One of the things I truly believe in is that Trump won't directly cause a recession. Um, he's a Republican. He wants to put policies in place that, that do more trade, that make more money, that does more business. Uh, in the end, he might shoot himself in the foot, but I don't think so. Um, but I do think there will be a lot of damage like this, where China says we're bullying. And if you know the Chinese premier gets on television and tells his people that the United States are bullies, it's not good. It's like, you know, Ronald Reagan, he was a very strong military president, but he probably fostered a lot of hate in people uh, towards the United States as some of their kids, you know, grew up without arms and legs and stuff. That's the thought, right? That sometimes the unintended consequences and um, the unyielding nation suffered foreign bullying for many times in history, but never succumbed to it, even in the most difficult condition. That's Commerce Minister Zong Shan. The unyielding nation suffered foreign bullion for many times. Like, this isn't good. U.S. Treasury Secretary Stephen Newton said his department continues to monitor China's actions regarding its currency, the renminbi. And one of the things China could do is like, okay, we'll just, you know, print more currency, devalue our currency, and we'll just buy more of your stuff with, you know, uh, printed money. China doesn't want a trade war, but would rise up to it should it break out. You know, so far, the Trump administration, let's just do a quick tally, has tariffs on $250 billion of worth of Chinese goods. That affects 5,000 products. Trump says he's willing to go to 500, a colloquial term for placing tariffs on all U.S. imports from China. So, at, and I'm guilty of this. It was an empty threat. Now it's widely viewed as a genuine possibility. And Wall Street's focusing on this a little bit, but they're also focusing on the 10-year Treasury, and those are negatives. Trump, for his part, says we can't have a one-way street. Uh, we'll see. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, snap slides to a record low. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. 
I hope you don't own shares because uh, they're a company that may run out of cash next year. And when that happens, a lot of people think your stock's going to zero. And that's never a good thing. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I can't stand it anymore. Whoa. Frontier Airlines had to kick off a woman because she brought an emotional support animal onto the plane. Was it a cute little dog? No. I'm in a glass case of emotion. Was it a cat? No. It was a squirrel. A woman was kicked off a Frontier Airlines flight for bringing a squirrel onto the plane. Wow. 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 Now, are you with me or against me? We should fire up the Darwinian wood shepherd the moment she gets off that plane and just throw her straight in and be done with it. We don't need that on the planet anymore. Frontier Airlines requires emotional support animals or ESAs to be either a dog or a cat does not allow unusual things like pelicans or exotic animals, including rabbits, hedgehogs, reptiles, rodents, insects. Rodents. It was a rat with a furry tail she brought on. Oh, and I get emotional support animals that help people with disabilities like blindness uh, or hearing loss to service animals. Emotional animals help, you know, people with mental uh, disabilities that, that need calming. I get it. I'm not knocking it. Back to my world. Steve Case was um, an interesting guy I used to know from America Online. He basically owned it, right? Became very, very rich starting that company. You've got mail. When he was in college, he read a book that said a digital revolution was coming. It seemed ridiculous to him at the time. But now he's starting to talk about the next thing. And it may sound a little ridiculous. He left AOL in 2005. Since then, he's focused on driving what he calls the third wave of the internet through his venture capital firm, Revolution. The man owns a large chunk of Hawaii. He's betting on the companies outside of Silicon Valley to make it happen. He's calling it the rise of the rest. That doesn't necessarily sound great, does it? One of the things that he was really passionate about with those early days in the 80s and 90s and trying to basically make the Internet part of everyday life was leveling the playing field in terms of access to information. There was three basic TV networks when we all grew up, ABC, NBC, CBS. It wasn't until late in the 80s and early 90s that Fox really started to dig in as a network. So there wasn't a lot of diversity in voices. Now there is. And he's kind of going into that area of let's talk about everyone getting access to information, education, commerce, reviews. Now, what's interesting about it is as we've opened up the Internet to a lot more voices, it's companies like Amazon who says, oh, yeah, we'll do drug delivery. Oh, yeah, we'll do grocery delivery. So it's really coming down to a lack of voices again. Case talked about when he was a kid, he didn't know what an entrepreneur was. He didn't think he had heard of the word. Um, I think that's a little silly. But the idea of starting little businesses and trying to create new things, new possibilities is intriguing to everyone. I don't know one person who doesn't have a, a, a business idea. Somehow, some way, some shape, some form. I know someone who is passionate about clean cans. And I was like, what's clean cans? Go, okay, go ahead, Tommy. They'll come to your house and clean your trash cans. Okay, I get it. There's a need for the trash that you put outside at the curb. I, I get it. They're filthy. But how much you want to pay for that? 
So Case grew up in Hawaii, and it was probably a pretty interesting place to grow up. I grew up overseas, so I have very different views than probably you do. Um, Hawaii is considered to be less risk-averse when you grow up and a little bit cautious. And there's this fearlessness, that sense of possibility that you know exists in places like Silicon Valley that doesn't necessarily exist in all parts of the country. So cases, you know, obviously the 1980s were good to him. He got into the internet. There was a 1979 book by Alvin Toffler called The Third Wave. In The Third Wave, he was uh, um, a, a big influence, acknowledging kind of, you know, critical roles that, you know, guiding thinking happens with agricultural revolution and other industrial revolutions and the technology revolution. So the digital revolution is what he's really trying to put in front of a lot of people. Do you remember those mailers that AOL used to send out? You get AOL 5.0 in the mail, free 30 days. In 1985, when AOL was started, there was only three people, three percent of people were online, and they were online for an hour of a week. So it was more of a concept than a lifestyle. Now we're all online. Steve Case um, worked at Quantum Computer. And it shows you, like, whoa. Um, in 1985, the name Quantum Computer Services was the initial idea of you know, where they were going to go. Do you remember Prodigy? So I like Steve Case, and I know some, some odd facts about him that I can't share on the radio because they're alleged. But let's just say there was some workplace drama. Um, but a smart guy. And he, he's, again, if you go Google Revolution Partners, Revolution, uh, take a look at what they're talking about. Take a look at their publications. Uh, take a look at their, their downloadables. I was, you know, I used to love Dan Niles at Roberts and Stevens, and uh, anytime he would publish any research, it was typically published on Roberts and Stevens' website. Big mutual fund and company in the, the 90s that did really, really well with tech and information age type of stocks. So Steve Case is out there. Um, I think what he does is, is pretty cool. Um, all things considered, he's made his money and he stepped back and he's trying to figure out the next steps, which I think is also kind of a failed premise, right? Just because you're successful once doesn't mean you'll be successful a second time, especially when younger, smarter, faster comes out. But when he stepped down as CEO of AOL and he really went a different direction, the rise of the rest, that's one of his new projects that he's throwing around out there. Check it out. And um, again, try to find people in the industry that you can latch onto and say, I, maybe they can help. Or maybe they can give me some ideas. Now, again, you can watch Two and a Half Men with, you know, on, on TV tonight and laugh your heart out. But I like finding people who are putting their money in front of new ideas. So Revolution is the company that Steve Case is tied to. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn. 
With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.